Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 62. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $255 each, and everybody's favorite LTB coin is trading at .000164 US dollars. Mmm, Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast from East Nashville, Tennessee, with my trusty Siberian Husky Maxwell by my side. Say hello, Max. (laughs) We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who just love talking about Bitcoins and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Thank you so much, longtime listeners, for your generous support and tips. And new listeners, we hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I travel to Austin, Texas for the second annual Texas Bitcoin Conference. Friends, I had the time of my life, and despite a bit of audio tech difficulty on my part, the conference was a massively huge success, much thanks to Paul and Linda Snow for going way beyond the call of duty in putting this conference together this year. The venue was perfect, the speakers were brilliant, and it was really hard to leave after meeting so many new Bitcoin friends and future business partners. I interviewed some great folks, and I only regret not being able to interview uh, everyone. (laughs) But hey, I had to have some fun too, and I also had to give myself the gift of sitting in on a few of the many amazing talks that were given over the weekend. Sheesh, I didn't go all the way to Austin, Texas just to work. Hello? (laughs) All right, I am here in a car driving on a road. (laughs) <laughs> with Dale Malone in Austin, Texas. Dale and his family were nice enough to put me up while I am here in Austin. Dale and I are en route, en route, to the Texas Bitcoin Conference, the second annual. Um, Dale, what road are we on? We're on Research Boulevard. Research Boulevard. And what are our plans when we get there, Dale? <laughs> to find some breakfast tacos? <laughs> breakfast tacos, first priority. Like, we don't even care who's speaking or any about anything about the conference. Breakfast tacos. By the way, yesterday I found the world's most perfect taco at this taco cart. And then last night after the event at Maria's Taco Express, lots of tacos here in Austin, Dale and I went to Chewy's and had tacos. Well, Dale had tacos and I had enchiladas. Dale, would you like to tell us about the tacos? First time I had tacos at Chewy's, and they were the bomb. Chewy's has a special sauce called the jalapeno cream sauce. Oh. You have to ask for it special to the waiter. But you take that sauce, and then you pour it and drizzle it all over your tacos or enchiladas for the extra kick. Nice. Oh, man. Woo. Well, we're on our way. Dale and I are downtown looking for the Moody Theater right there. Yeah, it's uh, got to be around here somewhere. <laughs> hey, don't hit that guy crossing the street. Is that Roger Ver? <laughs> no, it's not. It looked like him, though. Let's see. We'll find a place. There's got to be tons of parking garages down here. Right? Lots of construction, man, just like Nashville. Boomtown. The economy's great. Everything's going well, clearly. How could there be this much construction if the economy wasn't doing great? This is proof. Look at the skyscraper they're building in the in the background there, Dale. That's proof that the economy is good, isn't it? Proof. It's built with sound money. Uh, excuse me, sir. Yes. Sir. Do you accept Bitcoin here? Huh? Do you accept Bitcoin? 
Bitcoin, what, what does that mean? Bitcoin's a digital currency. Could you accept that for the parking here? I don't know what does that mean. You know, don't believe I'm from Africa. What does that mean? Africa, nobody, no credit card, nobody. Just, Actually, you know, Bitcoin is coming to Africa. Where are you Where are you from in Africa? Ethiopia. I know Kenya has M-Pesa, but you don't have M-Pesa. No, no. You no. have own currency. But Your own currency, yes. right. Bur what is the currency? Bur. Bur. Thank you, man. You're welcome, sir. I took a look at that value, which is I go power to the Swazian. And it we are chin of the great day. So you're going to be speaking today? Yes. What is your name? Tawanda Kimball. Tawanda Kimball. So what are you speaking about today? I'm going to be speaking about Bitcoin adoption in Africa, the opportunities and the challenges in mainstreaming Bitcoin in Africa. Okay, great. And what time do you speak? It's uh, 4.20. 4.20, great. I'll be there. Thanks. Oh, hey, I'm John Barrett. I'm the host of Bitcoins and Gravy. What are you doing here today? Well, I'm Catherine Weiss. I'm the Bitmom, and I am here selling Brave New Books products and T-shirts for the Texas Bitcoin Conference. Cool. I've been following you guys, as have millions of people around the country. Very exciting. Yeah, it's been exciting. We have a new Bitcoin-only trip planned for April that we haven't announced really anywhere yet. So, Where are you going? We are flying out to Philadelphia for the Free Your Mind conference. Then we are flying to Boston and we will commute to New Hampshire where we will pick up a converted school bus that will be called the Bitcoin bus. And we are driving home in a converted school bus that has three little tiny bedrooms for kids and a back bedroom in the back so that we can travel in class. Wow, can I ask you a question? Yes. Can I go with you? Well, you know, you might be able to on certain trips. We have um, fellow activist Derek Bros coming with us. He's releasing a book at the Free Your Mind conference called The Conscious Resistance. And he's going to be doing a little mini book tour on the way back. Wow, that is so cool. You know, I really want to go with you guys on your trip. Um, I can cook for you. Hey, that'd be great. I'm a pretty good cook, actually. Well, I need a cook. I have two toddlers, and that's all I do all day <laughs> is cook. So, How old are your kids now? My son, Bill, turned two yesterday, and Aliana is three and a half. And how are they doing with the traveling? Are they enjoying it? They love travel. They're, we're all getting stir crazy because it's been a while, and they are very excited for their first plane trips. Well, that is very exciting, Bitcoin Mom. And it looks like you've got a lot of great merchandise here for sale. Is that right? Yes, we have fantastic merchandise. If anyone is interested in checking it out in person, Brave New Books in Austin, Texas. And we will soon, but not yet, but very soon, have a new online store set up that will take Bitcoin probably within the next week. I already have the store built. I just don't have it live yet. Well, that's great. And what's that going to be called? Uh, BraveNewBookstore.com is the website and we also have bitcoinbookstore.com so both will go to the same place very exciting well thanks a million thank you yep see ya bye-bye bye-bye young man you look familiar who are you <laughs> i'm nima with coin jabber i take payments like this if you don't promote your site you can go there and send uh, payments to bitcoin address okay and i heard that with shapeshift i could get people to pay with other cryptocurrencies without having to get involved with the exchange site and stuff like that Yes, that's one of the reasons Shapeship was designed, is without having to set up anything else, you can start taking any of the coins we support and just have it instantly converted to Bitcoin. You don't need any account, your users don't need any account or any registration. There's a couple different ways you can set it up, but we have this tool called the Shifty button right here. So you can set up like this little button, just like a, like a little PayPal payment button, and you basically input your Bitcoin address of where you want the money to go. And when you tap this, it'll bring them up something like this, and then they're just going to choose the coin they want to pay with. It'll instantly convert it to Bitcoin and send to you. So Nima, with CoinJabber, now you can say you accept all of those cryptocurrencies, just like that. That's the whole idea. So we want it to be as easy as possible. If you already take Bitcoin, 
What's that? I can earn a commission if I'm an affiliate. You can, yeah. You sign up for our affiliate program, then you and you're doing enough volume that you can definitely get a percentage kickback, basically. Yeah. Fellas, that's totally crypto. <laughs> totally crypto. Hey, what's your name? I'm John. John? Yeah. Who are you? I'm John Barrett. <laughs> hey, yeah, John. John, you're with Shapeshift, right? I am. How long have you been with Shapeshift? I've been with Shapeshift since we started in August. Head of operations at Shapeshift. Great. I'm going to put you on Bitcoins and Gravy. Is that okay? It sounds good to me. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep. Nice to meet you. Trying to get into the hackathon here, but we're having a little bit of a problem. What's your name? Uh, my name is Akash. Akash, nice to meet you, man. Hey, what are they doing back there anyway? It seems pretty secretive. It's very secretive stuff is going on back there. I guess the CIA is hanging out back there. I don't know. The hackathon hasn't started yet. Uh, so, Akash, are you a hacker yourself? Are you in the hackathon? No, I'm not. I'm a, more of a finance guy. Not, not okay. big on the old CS. What are you doing in the Bitcoin sphere? Uh, so, I'm here on behalf of the uh, College Crypto Network, uh, volunteering, and I'm also here representing a startup that I co-founded with a couple of my friends back at college. Okay, what school do you go to? Uh, Boston University. Well, that's a good school, man. I, I would like to, I hope to think so. Uh, well, Boston's a great city, huh? Well, not right now. It's uh, pretty pretty cold. Hackers, where are the? Ha I'm looking for hackers. hackers. Hackers, excuse me, Miss. Are you a hacker? No, I'm not. You're not a hacker. Are you, sir? Are you a hacker? No. Are you Are you a hacker? Not really. Are no. you a hacker in another life? Oh, yeah. man, what's going on here? I can't find any hackers here. Are those guys hackers down there? Hackers back here? Hackers are back there. Whoa! I think I made it into the hackers room. Ooh, it's kind of quiet in here. Hey, I think I found a hacker. So tell me, sir, what are you hacking? My own VPS uh, service. Okay. And do you have a team or are you going to get a team together? We've got a, a, a Motley crew here and we're sort of jellifying. And, uh, we're, trying to do, um, we're trying to do a mobile front ends for uh, kind of arcade style trading compatible with the Omni layer decentralized exchange. I'm trying to set up a trading system that algorithmically trades on the decentralized exchange so okay. people who are, are playing with that as retail traders can have uh, more professional liquidity and then we're looking into uh, setting up decentralized futures contracts so that people can trade with leverage without you know having any custody risk or clearing risk wow that's great stuff and tell me your name Patrick Dugan. Patrick Dugan. And this young man here, I've already spoken with you. What's your name? Yeah. My name is Michael Mickelson. Michael Mickelson. Wow, you guys are the real deal here. This, I'm here in a room packed full of hackers. And it really, more than anything, it just makes me feel stupid. Thanks, guys. If it makes you feel any better, we're, we're actually very low-level programmers. Our strengths are more in uh, design or entrepreneurship or, you know, trading economics, whatever. But... The tools, you know, like programming has become a lot easier with a lot more libraries, a lot more middleware tools. And then we're, we're looking for more heavyweight engineers to fill out the backend gaps. Okay. So will you have a chance today to stand up and present your project and then look for people to join your team? Yeah, that's, that's where we'd like to get, sure. Okay. And win some fat cash, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Good luck, guys. Thank you. Excuse me, sir. Are you a hacker? Yes. Hey, didn't I see you last night over Maria's Taco Express? What's your name? Sean Gilligan. That's right, Sean Gilligan. Oh, hang on a second, Sean. If you've been to any sort of hackathon before and know how it works, raise your hand. Most everybody, but not everybody. Awesome. Um, if you are local here in town, raise your hand. Okay. If you are from Texas, including locals, raise your hand. Okay. Um, if you guys came here with an established idea, and want to pitch it today and share it with the group, raise your hand. 
Okay, we're going to let all you guys talk, and some of you others that maybe might have an idea, we're going to let you present as well. Uh, also, if you are a software developer, if you can code, and you came here to code this weekend, uh, please raise your hand. So look around. If you are a non-technical person, these are your developers, okay? Um, if, you're, if you're not a developer and you're here to hustle and write a business plan and talk to customers and do everything else you can at a hackathon, raise your hand. Awesome. Okay. So the format for today is I'm going to uh, let David Johnson speak here in a minute. He's going to introduce our mentors. We're going to have mentors circulating all weekend that has specific skill sets um, that can help you out. Um, you're free to use them. You're free to tell them to come back later, um, but they're here as a resource for you. So he's going to introduce the mentors. He's also going to introduce the prizes and what we're, what we're working on this weekend. Um, after he's done that, we're going to have a, a little activity to, to help us figure out how to pitch ideas. We're going to let everyone who came here with an idea pitch what they're working on. And you can ask during your pitch whether you want additional people to join your team or just share the idea with us so we know what you're working on this weekend. After that, we're going to go into team formation mode where you get to pick out the team you want to work on. And it's kind of free form, but I'll walk you through that. And then we're going to just set you loose for the weekend. The rest of the weekend, uh, the, these next few days, we'll be building your product, validating it. We'll explain what the judges are looking for tomorrow. Um, and then you'll have a presentation time where you get to share what you've built over the weekend. We're really excited to see that. Um, so again, my name is Gavin. I'm excited you guys are here. And I'm going to pass the mic off to David. So you can do fundraisers. You can create tokens. Tokens can be divisible or indivisible. You can create you know, ones that are whole numbers or ones that are fractional, like just like Bitcoin. I'm an owner of some made safe coins, by the way. Oh, well, there you go. If you want to send them from your Omni wallet, that's what I'm working on, the ability to, to have an Android wallet that can, that can handle Omni transactions and Omni Okay, great. Hey, can I interrupt you? I'm John Barrett with Bitcoins and Gravy, a popular podcast of the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. Okay. I just saw you up on stage. Now, what are you doing here? Are you the MC? Oh, wait, are you press? Oh, you are. <laughs> I'm not sure you're allowed back here. Okay. Um, I'm the CMO for Factum. Okay, cool. So how long have you been the CMO for Factum? Three weeks. Just three weeks. Wow. And tell me your name. I'm Tiana Lawrence. All right. Great, Tiana. And uh, what is your function here today? So um, Factum's a platinum sponsor here at the Bitcoin conference, and the wonderful Linda Snow has been ill, and she needed an extra hand. So she has made a miraculous recovery and is running the show, and so I'm just her extra pair of hands. Okay, and working with Linda and Paul, I'm sure, has been really an amazing experience, right? Yes, they're really wonderful people. I feel very at home. Cool. I just interviewed Paul for the show last week to talk about the conference today, and he made reference to his wife as having more organizational skills in her pinky than he has in his entire body. What's your take on that? Linda Snow is a brilliant woman, and she is some kind of like superhero. She, the, what she's gone through in the last few months, her recovery and still pulling off this really wonderful conference, she's just amazing. I concur, and do you plan to be around working with Factum for a while? Yes, they just brought me down from Portland, Oregon, so I will be here for the long haul. So Portland to Austin, that's a big change. Um, how do you feel about that? Austin and Portland are very similar culturally. Um, we're both foodie towns. I'm a big foodie. I love to eat. I love the music scene and kind of the funky offbeat culture 
that's here, things are happening. They're happening places. They're entrepreneurial. People are getting stuff done, and I love that. Tiana, I wish you all the best of luck with Factum. I know you're going to do well. You're working with uh, Paul and his wife, and uh, I think Factum is one of the most exciting things right now in the Bitcoin sphere. I would agree with that. I've worked on some other projects in the Bitcoin sphere, and I think Factum has the longest, sexiest legs of any of the businesses I've seen. So I was very excited to be a part of that. The longest, sexiest legs. Wow, I like that. Thanks, Tiana. My pleasure. All right, Doug, you are here as a conference attendee, and you also have something to do with Watch My Bit. Uh, lay it on me, man. Well, I'm here just as an individual, but also okay. talking about Watch My Bit. You, of course, interviewed our CFO, Mark Hilgenberg, on an earlier show. Excellent time. We really like that exposure. We are out of beta. We are at a soft launch. Oh, God, I wish I could make these announcements that I want to make. I can't talk about them, but I'll tell oh. you off the mic. On the mic, I can tell you we have a Hollywood consultant. We've hired a Hollywood consultant who is making the rounds and making connections, and they're big connections for content, for investment, for, uh, and the interest is just huge. Now, I can tell you this already. He is an executive producer. He works with Disney. He works at Disney. And... Um, his connections are big, and every time he talks about Bitcoin to Hollywood, they get it. He is surprised, and we're surprised too, how much they get it. Now, the next step is a little difficult. How do we get the fans Bitcoin? Right. We have some plans on that front too. Okay. You know, there's ways to do this. But uh, so I can't give names or dates or anything. Okay. But there are incredibly fun, exciting things. We are doing a redesign of the platform. We hired a UX guy, and. Uh, Okay, I'll talk about some of the features we're rolling out. We okay, have yeah. a preview feature. So Watch My Bit is a pay-per-view uh, website where it's not a tipping on the back end where someone could forget about tipping you after they watch your video. It's a front-end ticket booth where you put a Bitcoin in the ticket booth and the video launches. So one of the things is, well, how do I know this is a good video? How do I know this isn't just some, a bunch of crap? How do I know it's not like a cat video when it really says something else? So we've developed a preview where the artist can now say, I want these 10 seconds to be shown for free in a little window before they pay for the video. That way they'll know ahead of time that the production values, the sound quality, whatever, those things that are important to people. That's what we're trying to do, you know, trying to help artists make music and make money making music. We're producing a explainer video, but we're doing an actual music video explainer video. We're not doing the cartoon. We're not doing the uh, person standing in front of the camera. We're doing actually a situational comparison of two bands, you know, and, and wow. we're doing the bands live. We actually had a song written specifically for this. Wow. So that's really cool, too. Oh, God, I, I, I could almost say the name of the studio we'll be using, but I can't. So, yeah. Come on, man, spill I'll, the beans. I'll tell you, I'm going to talk to our Hollywood consultant and okay. ask him if I can spill the beans. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to get anybody mad at you. So um, anyway, what else is in the works, man? Is that it? Am I going to shoot your video? You know, can I, can I produce the Ojo Satoshi as a, you know, full length video? Man, I would love that more than life itself. What kind of money are we talking about? Um, under 5K. Okay, nice. Now, it's going to be simple. It'll be mostly you singing. You know, there's two ways we can do it. We can, we can write a script and have a story and try to do that. Or we can just shoot you and a band behind you. And then, you know, like a live video kind of thing. Yeah. And then... As you talk about the different topics, we can throw some graphics up. And that's not going to be too expensive. Okay, so I just had lunch, and I'm back here at the Texas Bitcoin Conference. I am speaking with Kara Stout, who is with Questback. Kara, can you tell us about Questback? 
Sure, QuestBack is the feedback platform for the entire conference. So any of the satisfaction surveys that go out after keynote speakers, particular events, are going to be organized through QuestBack. Okay, great. And what does a person need to do to leave feedback? So basically, the attendees of the conference are going to be receiving an email that will allow you to take the survey following up to give your both quantitative and qualitative information about the conference itself. Hopefully, that will help propel this conference into something even stronger next year. Is that something that you all are going to publish at some point, the findings from that or the stats from that? It's something I believe the Bitcoin conference is going to publish. All the information is going to be there. It's one of the great things about QuestPack is the information is owned by and operated by the client itself. So the Bitcoin conference will be able to utilize that information in their marketing materials for next year's conference. We actually are headquartered in New York City, but we have a couple of people who work down here in Austin. So that's how we become connected with the Texas Bitcoin Association. Very cool. Kara Stout, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're here at the Texas Bitcoin Conference, the second annual Texas Bitcoin Conference in Austin, Texas, backstage at the Moody Theater. And I am speaking with Scott Rose and Carrie Scott. Hello. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. We're so glad to be here. John, I'm so excited to be on Bitcoins and Gravy for the first time. Okay, now, before we start, who are you guys? Well, I am the guy who created the comedy video trilogy called Shit Bitcoin Fanatics Say. It was done about a year ago. You can see it on YouTube. I've done a couple little comedy videos since, and one of them is with me. Okay, Carrie, I've seen the video that Scott referenced. It's hilarious. Uh, tell me about the one that you're in. Okay, well, I am uh, somewhat new to Bitcoin, and... Okay. Uh, was hooked as soon as I found out what it was. And uh, I used to pedicab. It's the bicycle taxi about four years ago. And every time South by Southwest comes around, I kind of get the itch. And this year I thought, you know what? I'm going to pedicab South by. I'm going to accept Bitcoin. I'm going to load up on all the Bitcoin garb I can do. And I'm going to talk to every single person who gets in my cab about this fabulous thing called Bitcoin. So I did that and we made a video about it. And uh, the video is well received. Well received. And what's so amazing is, I mean, this is really the way to get the word about Bitcoin out because Carrie was talking to Gener the general population who has never even heard of Bitcoin before. She has a sign in her pedicab. She has Bitcoin stickers all over her body. And what's really amazing is the Bitcoin community donated about 1.2 Bitcoins to carry. Wow. As a result of us showing her QR code in the video. That's how generous oh, the Bitcoin oh, community. Oh, wow. That is so cool. So do you own your own pedicab? Do you keep it in your garage or what? I do not. I rented the pedicab from oh. a pedicab company. Okay. And the South by Southwest, it brings so many people into the town. Um, it's kind of a fun way to participate in the festival. Well, it sounds like a mob of people. It sounds like fun, but it sounds like it'd be hard to get around. It's a mob. And what's so amazing, another side effect of her doing the pedicab is it's incredible exercise. You notice that Carrie's, <laughs> Carrie's body is three times better than my body. Well, I agree with that. <laughs> Carrie got more exercise in two weeks than I've gotten in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But that's great. I mean, losing weight, getting in shape, telling people about Bitcoin. That's amazing. I did get kind of a, a good scope, I feel like, of where people fall along the spectrum of familiarity and okay. um we're in the beginning side of it so yes. that that's kind of good news absolutely there's plenty yeah, of yeah. people who have not heard of it which i found a little surprising and then many people who were familiar that it was a thing 
Yes. And that was about the extent. It is really incredible how young it is because all of us that are engrossed in the Bitcoin industry, we're like so deeply um, enthralled with it. And then we realized that we're still a very tiny group. Actually reminds me of when in the year 1999, I was speaking around the country for Apple Computer. A lot of my history is with Apple. Okay. I, I traveled with Steve Jobs and the executive team around the country, okay. uh, speaking for them at their events. And uh, I opened up the first 21 Apple retail stores. So I'm a bit of an Apple nut as well. And this reminds me, back in 1999, I was with Apple at this event called Internet World. And we were talking about the, this new thing, the World Wide Web, this thing that was coming here that, that people were already using called the Internet. And there were people handing out little postcards that had the word Google on them. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? I don't even know what this is. It was just another random postcard that someone was handing out to me. And me, along with everyone else, we were just, just, we were just throwing away the postcards. You know, they were papering the place with these postcards, handing them out. Every door you walked in, there was someone handing out a Google postcard. At that time, you know, people had only heard of Yahoo. Google was pretty much brand new. Right. And I remember I, that night I went home. I probably had like 20 Google postcards <laughs> in my bag and I threw them all away. Oh, no. What I should have done was invest in the stock. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, those Google postcards are now going for like $20,000 each on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a double mistake. So I've got to say, it's been great meeting you guys. And so far, you guys are by far my very favorite people that I have met at the conference so far. Group hug, guys. Come on. Wait a second. He's holding up his QR code in the middle of this group hug, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. Is that your QR code or are you just glad to see me? <laughs> John, you, you know, we feel the same way about you. You have been so fun. You've been making us laugh the whole time. Oh, and you just made me realize we should end with a promotion for, for my all my videos on YouTube are oh, yeah. comedy related. So if you like oh, laughing yeah. with us, go to youtube.com slash Scotty321. Nice, man. I can't wait to see your new ones. Do you have some new ones coming up? Yeah, yeah we got some big plans. But John, we really do love you as well. Your energy has been so incredible. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. Over and out, guys. <laughs> See you guys. All right, here at the Texas Bitcoin Conference, I'm speaking with Austin Fothery, who just gave an amazing speech here at the Texas Bitcoin Conference. What did you talk about? Can you tell our listeners? So, it's a little bit of a crazy idea, uh, but really, it's it's we're thinking about trying to start an alternate economic reality, where um, instead of exchanging our cash for things. We exchange our cash for things plus a form of stock. And this stock will have a benefit in the future. So uh, uh, we also add sort of uh, decaying currency to this. So the benefit that you get is if the person you give your money to doesn't do anything with it, you eventually get it back. Um, if they do something good with it, could you get the benefit of them doing something good with it in the long run? Nice. Um, and so it really it drives the economy to uh, a flight to value because all of a sudden you're thinking about how you spend your money. Am I, am I giving this dollar to someone who's going to do something, uh, something positive with it? Or I, am I giving this to someone who's strip mining the environment and destroying, you know, value, right? So it, um, it really, it, it can change the way people think. Um, and it, does, it has some really cool features like 
We can get rid of the income tax and drastically reduce tax collection. It has implicit social security built into it. As you collect this stock over the course of a 30-year career, you will have a cash flow coming back to you that is enough for you to you know, retire on and continue to participate in the economy or retire and do something you really love doing. Nice. Um, so those are the basics. And we have a site called hypercapital.info where you can go and read a whole lot more about this. We also launched a Kickstarter to try to raise uh, some money to build this system on the Bitcoin testnet because the interesting thing about this is that all the technology is already there and we're, we just haven't built it yet. So if we can get a little cash, we can uh, spend some time building these test APIs and get them out there to developers to, to do some experiments and see if this is really a crazy idea or if it's the next big thing. Great stuff. And tell our listeners one more time the best way to reach you. Uh, just go to hypercapital.info. Okay. We have a discussion forum uh, or austin at hypercapital.info. Excellent. Austin, thank you so much, man. Thank you very much. Still here at the Texas Bitcoin Conference talking with Scott Rose again. And Scott has some really interesting thoughts about the price of Bitcoin and what's going on right now and what we have to look forward to. Scott? Well, you know what I think? I think one thing that, that a lot of us are losing sight of is that we are in a temporary inflationary stage of Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoins are being printed, basically, 25 Bitcoins every 10 minutes. Yep. So, in essence, we're actually seeing the effects of inflation. You know, the Federal Reserve has been doing the exact same thing. Of course, over a longer period of time, over 100 years, they keep printing, 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 and the value of our dollar goes down. Right now, we're in that same stage stage with Bitcoin, but at an accelerated pace, you know, 25 every 10 minutes. Yeah. But it's going to have in a few years or next or you know, 2016, 2017, somewhere around there. Right. It's going to have again four years after that. It's going to have again four years after that. Yeah. So what's going to happen is the inflation is going to slow down. It's going to slow down. And by default, if adoption continues, the price is going to have no choice but to go up if adoption continues. So we're actually seeing in hyper-warp speed what the Federal Reserve has done to the U.S. dollar. We're seeing that current devaluation with Bitcoin, but it's just to get it out there, and then it's going to slow down. So I think things are going to turn around over the long term, as long as people keep believing and using the technology. Do you think things are going to turn around in the long term for Bitcoin? What about for the U.S. dollar? <laughs> <laughs> Well, what, what does Max Kaiser say? You cannot taper a Ponzi scheme. You know, the U.S. dollar is the world reserve currency, and it's backed by force and violence. So right. the U.S. dollar is not going anywhere. And But the people don't realize that they're being siphoned away from slowly over the years. Like, you know, you know, let's say you were a millionaire in the 1980s. Fantastic, right? You think you've made it, right? And it still says a million dollars in your Bank of America account today. Um, the only thing is, that million dollars could literally buy you 10 homes in Chicago in the 80s. And right now, I think maybe it could buy you maybe two homes, perhaps. Right. <laughs> yeah, the neighborhood. Exactly. But that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, so you have, you're forced to invest your money. You know, the, the problem with the U.S. dollar is everyone knows you can't keep it in a savings account. You can't keep it under your mattress because it's going to decay. It's going to deteriorate in value. So it forces all of us to be gamblers in the stock market. And nothing can possibly go wrong with the stock markets. And you know they have your best interests at heart. You know, Max Kaiser is so brilliant. You know that he was uh, was the brain behind the Hollywood Stock Exchange as well. And he owns also a patent on some sort of uh, high-frequency trading or something like that. Wow. I mean, this guy is a genius with patents to his name. Hollywood Stock Exchange revolutionized the Hollywood entertainment industry, actually. And it's all thanks to Max Kaiser. Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you know, but HSX, 
is a way for people to invest fake money into what they think are going to be the, the best celebrities, the best movies coming out, you know, the future careers of people, the future TV shows. And what it turns out is the wisdom of the crowds prevails. Turns out that the public, when they're investing, even if it's fake money, into movies, TV shows, and celebrities, turns out the wisdom of the crowd actually knows what direction these things are going in and whether a movie's going to be a hit or not. So the agents and the casting directors, they pay close attention to Max Kaiser's Hollywood Stock Exchange. Kaiser has power. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, Scott. Great stuff, man. John, thank you. It's been such a great pleasure meeting you and talking to you. And you've really made my Texas Bitcoin conference this year. Texas Bitcoin Conference talking with Edward Clements. Did I say that right? That's correct. Ed, how are you? Good. How are you doing, John? Good. Well, you are the owner of, correct me if I'm wrong, the Bitcoin General Store? Uh, yes, it's BitcoinGeneralStore.com. Uh, although most people actually know me from BitBrew. BitBrew, right. Yeah, BitBrew.net, which is my first uh, website that I started up in early 2011. Tell us about both of those. Well, BitBrew, I started, like I said, early 2011. It's just uh, my way of participating in the Bitcoin economy. I'm not a coder or a programmer, uh, but I do know a little bit about retail. So I decided to start selling uh, coffee beans for Bitcoins. What kind of coffee beans? You know, there's this movement of uh, fair trade coffee, right? That's important to a lot of people. Is that something that you guys do? Yeah, exactly. I uh, did decide to go high end and went fair trade and organic coffee beans. I found a local roaster in San Antonio that I get my beans from and then sell them online for Bitcoins exclusively. And uh, it should be pretty obvious from all of this that I didn't get into it to make money. Like I said, I offered the coffee beans exclusively for Bitcoin. So it's a niche market within the niche market of the Bitcoin community. So uh, my sales, if I'm not out promoting it, they're few and far between. Um, but like I said, it was my way of offering something to, to the Bitcoin community. Okay. I average 8,000 weekly listeners. I would think a lot of these guys and gals drink coffee. So I would like to think that when they hear this, they're going to get excited. They know that they can go online to bitbrew.net and they can, with only Bitcoin, not with USD or PayPal or anything else, just Bitcoin, they can buy some fair trade coffee, right? That's right. All right when I started the website, uh, I also wanted it to be a way of getting the conversation started with friends and family. You know, buy some coffee from my from my store. You sitting around at Christmas time or whatever, have friends and family over, offer them a cup, you know, some uh, premium organic coffee, and say, "Oh, where did you get this from? Oh, it's this place online, but you have to use bitcoins in order to buy it." So it's just another thing to try and stimulate the Bitcoin economy. Uh, at the time, I was the only one offering coffee for Bitcoin, but now there's a few other places where you can get it online. But uh, but yours is the best. Oh, and the longest running. Yeah. So, oh, nice. It is really. Oh wow. Actually. Um, <clears throat> to segue into the Bitcoin General Store, yeah, yeah. Uh, I started that with, uh, and then the, the Bees Brothers came on board uh, real soon after I got the concept going. And um, that was one of the things that the, that they've mentioned at the, the last Texas conference. BitBrew and Bees Brothers are the two longest running consumable goods for Bitcoins. Um, the websites. There's been a few that have come and gone and a few that started before us, but we're the only two that are still around selling consumable goods for, for Bitcoins. So the general store, what do you sell there? Well, like the name implies, I'm trying to do a little bit of everything. I've got some coffee. I've got some products from the, the Bees Brothers, honey, honey-based products. I know it's a podcast, but the, the T-shirt and the cap I'm wearing are also available. Bitcoin general store. Nice. Uh, some uh, 
Silver from a Bitcoin Silver Specie project. Um, with the Bitcoin General Store, what we're trying to do is close the loop. So some of the other items that I have at the Bitcoin General Store, I've purchased from other Bitcoin merchants. Uh, I've got lasers from BitLasers, stickers from BitStickers.net, and uh, like I said, some other items from some uh, Etsy users who have their products uh, for sale on Etsy. I just searched Bitcoin on Etsy and you got some Bitcoin themed products come up. And of course on Etsy, they're, they're for sale for dollars. But I contacted the, the seller and they said, oh yes, we'll be happy to accept Bitcoin. You know, the silver I'm particularly interested in, you said you sell those at the general store? Uh, right now I'm out of stock. Okay. Um, so I'm planning on getting some more in. Yeah, let me know about that because I was a silver bug and that's really what got me into Bitcoin. I love silver coins, silver rounds and one ounce. Of course, I love the old American coins. But uh, yeah, definitely let me know when you get more of those in. Will do. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Uh, we've been talking with Edward Clements, the owner of Bitcoin General Store and BitBrews. And tell us one more time the best way for us to find you. Uh, well, there's contact pages at, at both of my websites, uh, bitbrew.net and bitcoingeneralstore.com, or just ed, ed, at bitbrew.net. Thanks a million, man. Thank you. Still here at the Texas Bitcoin Conference in Austin, speaking with Stephen Sprague. Stephen, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, sir. Now, tell our listeners, if you would, please, where you fit into the Bitcoin puzzle, because from what I've heard, you are an important mind and uh, a mind that is well appreciated here in the Bitcoin sphere. Um, well, I come from years of working in the trusted computing space. And so the piece of the puzzle that we're trying to help fix is um, with rivets, we're bringing world-class cybersecurity to the protection of your keys and protection of the formation of the transaction or the instruction that gets sent to the blockchain network. So this is about bringing really modern mobile payment capabilities into your phone, really the next generation of technology beyond Apple Pay. Inside a, for example, Samsung Galaxy Note 4 is an ARM processor chip inside your smartphone. And in that chip is a security space called ARM Trust Zone. And what we're able to do is program ARM Trust Zone to properly protect the key and protect the formation of the transaction, just like you have a secure element, for example, in Apple Pay to protect the transaction. This is a Bitcoin secure element done in hardware. There's no possibility to write malware in the operating system on the phone that can steal your keys. Okay, what kind of space are we talking about in terms of physical size and also uh, storage space? So it's already in the phone you have, and it's there's a small programmable space, a couple of megabytes worth of programmable space that's inside the chipset. And it's in that, that isolated encryption or execution environment that we're able to protect the transaction. Okay, so the Galaxy S5 that we're speaking into right now, does this have the same chip? Yes, it does. Actually, the the newer Samsung phones also support something called Trusted User Interface, which the S5 doesn't have, uh, which allows us to have a secure display on the screen. So anybody who's gone to the grocery store and done a checkout knows the Verifone payment terminal where you see on the screen the amount you're going to be charged, and you might have a PIN number to type in the debit card PIN number. This brings that level of security of a payment terminal, but in the screen on your phone. So we are able to display the amount and the account that's actually going to be the Bitcoin transaction that gets done. And it's the protection of that communication to the consumer 
so that the operating system can't alter the screen or um, see even what's being displayed that provides a tremendous level of security. So secure display, secure pin number, and proper protection of keys. Well, that's heavy stuff, man. That's great. So how long have you been in the Bitcoin world yourself? Um, so I got involved about a year ago. My uh, okay. my inaugural event was the Miami Bitcoin Conference last, uh, last winter, which was a great event. Nice. And uh, uh, Rivets has been put together over the course of the last year. We um, have uh, a solution that's now operational on the Android environment on about compatible with about 350, 400 million phones. Um, so this really will bring world-class payment security to the Bitcoin platform. This is great stuff, man. So when we were talking yesterday, you told a story about your daughter, and I thought this is worth retelling because it is so encouraging for young people who have a tech idea and maybe don't know what to do with it. Would you like to tell that story? Oh, certainly. So uh, my daughter, Lexi Sprague, has a startup. Um, uh, she and her co-founder, Philippe, have started a company called Chatter.im. Anyone can go to the Chatter website and download it. It is an encrypted messaging client that works on iOS, Android, BlackBerry, uh, and Windows phones encrypts all your messages. They know none of the keys. And actually, they have a project that's underway right now to enhance the security of their chat client with the Rivet security. And so it'll be really fun as a group of undergraduates at Rochester Institute of Technology will have one of the most secure chat clients ever built with keys protected in hardware, encryption protected in hardware, running isolated on a phone. And it's just really great to watch the kids wrestle with both starting a new business. It's just fantastic, as well as trying to understand how to market and package privacy for their friends. And it's also worth noting how she <laughs> got her team together. Oh, yeah. So, so, so Lexi um, had an idea that came out of um, her doctor had sent her a, a, a change to an appointment by mail. And she just thought that that was really silly because... She's away at school. Why send mail to her house? Why not use email or texting? But for HIPAA privacy requirements, they have to use the U.S. mail system. And so what? she came back after vacation and said, you know, we can fix this. And so she put an ad up in her dorm that said, I have an idea for a business, wanted developers, free pizza. It turns out if you're a girl at a, a technical college, uh, which is two-thirds guys, you can get a lot of guys to show up with a business idea and free pizza. And, and so they've done a great job and, and really have, um, have built a great team trying to figure this out. Wow, I love that. So, yeah, this is a great example of what a young person can do if they put their mind to it. You've got a project, you've got an idea, uh, offer free pizza, and <laughs> and there you go. So Rivets is the gold sponsor for the Texas Bitcoin Conference this year. Is that right? Um, yes, we're very pleased to be here. I, I was at um, Texas last year, and, and we think this is a great event. We're just at the point of launching our tools. We're here sponsoring a portion of the hackathon. Um, so we're really bringing the capability to anybody who's building a wallet or a, even a Bitcoin 2.0 application or like my daughter's um, chat application. This is about providing world-class security for anyone who's building an app to be able to protect their keys, protect their subscriber relationships, protect encryption. And Bitcoin really provides just a fantastic environment with the blockchain to explore that. Good stuff. Stephen, thank you so much for taking time to talk. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Yes, sir. And before we go, please tell our listeners the best way they can find you online. Um, so to find us online, uh, rivets.com. And if you're interested in the development tools, all the development tools are up on our, um, our website, 
Um, and we have a number of open source examples of how to put them into work. And we look forward to working with anybody who wants to add security into their app. Great stuff, man. Listeners, you've been listening to Stephen Sprague, the CEO of Rivets. Stephen, thanks very much for being on Bitcoins and Gravy. Thank you. Texas Bitcoin Conference in Austin, talking to John Ferguson. Just ran into him. John, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. Well, nice to meet you, John. It's really a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, I follow the LTB uh, network generally, and I really enjoy your show and appreciate a lot about it. Thanks a lot, man. You were going to say something about MadeSafe. Well, yes. I mean, I was just asking what you've looked at. I'm a fan. I can't say that I'm not part of the project other than I'm a heavy participant on the forum, and I've, I've really worked hard to wrap my wits around it, and uh, I envision that you know, I, I, we need to really find out how better to communicate, especially as it starts to go, it gets to going live. Part of the difficulty is the safe network is not out there yet. It's been in the works for nine years. Yeah. But, uh, and it's very intricate, so it's like, where, where do you ex- pick it up and explain to who? So I'm, that's one of the things I got here is like, okay, we can really refine that. But uh, the importance of this network is really uh, profound if you look at the underlying basics. I mean, it, the internet as it exists is totally tied to a very centralized structure. Now, you know, we could blame that, but, I, you know, it, it probably evolved that way due to both our social and economic uh, models plus the technology. But now we have the ability with, with huge amounts of uh, processing power and storage in homes all over the world, and higher and higher bandwidth, we can, can, we can bypass all that interconnection uh, yeah. through main servers and tie together over the same hardware and also if we go to mesh you know it's very flexible yeah but the the whole idea behind the safe network and you know made safe is the company and the foundation the safe network will be an autonomous operation when it's up and going uh once it's going nobody will be able to shut it down even the even the people who put it there. If you launch into trying to talk about it, it's very intricate. So it's difficult to know how to approach it, and that's what I've been working on. But essentially, you'll be able to have completely secure communications, uncensorable websites, data that's stored securely forever, essentially, and the safe coin, the cryptocurrency that is the underlying fuel for the network, or let's say the oil for the network. It's what keeps it lubricated. It incentivizes everybody uh, to run the uh, to run as a, a node. Everybody can be a node. It's very light. It'll be light on footprint on your computer. You just run the software. You secure your data on the network where nobody can touch it. Uh, you communicate anonymously or as provably as you want to, and a lot of other features which uh, doing this whole operation will uh, will really incentivize, they really make possible where they're not possible now. And after, you know, all that wonderful usage, you look in your software there and you say, oh, I've earned some money. And that's really exciting because we're going to be able to have uh, SafeCoin popping up in the hands of people all over the world who are going, well, what do I do with this? Oh, I need some. I need some local currency. Well, Joe down the road, he he has some currency. He probably wants some Safecoin. I'll spend that Safecoin for services on the network or services of the network. Uh, so there, there's many, many exciting aspects of this, and I'm I'm actually glad to to be able to put it in that good a nutshell. Because honestly, when people ask me uh, <laughs> up until now, it's been baffling as to know what to say. The way the network works is it's not a push network. 
Right. It's pulled. Right. You're going to have to go looking, you know. Right. You, you can access it through uh, trusted aggregators of, of content uh, who will be careful to filter out things if you're worried. You know, it puts choice in the hands of the users. Yes. Which is, you know, there's responsibilities and dangers that go with that. Yes. But, we, you know, if we don't want to live... Uh, with our nanny sitting over, you know, looking over our shoulder forever, we got to grow up and go, okay, we're going to be responsible. Then we need to teach our children to be responsible. How are we going to do that? You know, I don't know. Right. I, I can't answer all those questions right now. But I do know that uh, putting the control of our information and our privacy in our own hands is a key. Yeah. It's a key. You know, the SAFE stands for secure access for everyone. And the keynotes are privacy, security, and freedom. Now, I don't know about you, but I think those are all really desirable aspects. Oh, yeah. Beyond that, we can worry about what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things can go wrong. And they will but, go wrong. But when you empower, yeah. if you trust that people want to do what's best for them and theirs, well, given the tools, we can do that. Right now, all those tools are in the hands of centralized, or not all of them, but many. Right. That's one of the great things about Bitcoin. It's the great things about the cryptographic revolution is it's freeing up resources. It's making where uh, governments can't censor people from saying, hey, you're not doing right. Uh, you know, these are, the, these are the things that are evolving society while also trying to close it down. And I can, I'm really excited about Safe Network because it is a major step forward. Of course, soon. Yeah. <laughs> we keep going, when is it going to come out? But it, it won't come out until it's right. And it's getting closer and closer and closer. And many, many things have happened over the last year. We had, it had been hoped that it would be uh, in beta or functioning fully now. I'm very heavily involved in the forums. And uh, the look at the moment is within the next couple of weeks, we'll go into the test network number three. Now that's going to be a neat, uh, now I can't, you don't, don't, uh, don't hold me to that because that's just the best guess I, we've got. But when it happens, that's going to be the test network where anybody can try it. You can load the software. You can become a part of the network and try it out. Start working with it. Uh, at that time, uh, involved in that test net, maybe not right at first, but SafeCoin or test SafeCoin will be being worked on to, uh, to see how that works. So... Uh, there's many more things we can talk about, and I wouldn't know where to dive in. Like I say, I've spent a lot of time over the last year uh, knee-deep in the forums, asking questions, talking, you know, directly with many people, including David Irvine, and, you know, uh, the, the community is incredible. Daniel Dabeck from Infinity Algorithms uh, gave a little talk, but that, there's not a great presence from SAFE here right now. Uh, I tell you, everybody, you know, most everybody is involved in getting the safe network out. I came to see a few people and also uh, just to keep up to date with everybody. And also one of the things was to meet you. I knew you Thanks, man. And uh, it's a great conference. I've, I've actually learned a lot. And there's some really great projects going on here. I was really impressed. So uh, we're moving forward. It's a multi-fronted uh, forward motion into the future. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you. All right, we're still here at the Texas Bitcoin Conference, and I am talking with Nima Majur of Coin Jabber. Nima, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. 
happy to be here. Yes, sir. Are you enjoying the conference? It's almost over. It's almost over. Yeah, I've uh, had a good time. It was a little bit um, less enthusiastic than uh, last year's conference, I would say, but better in terms of logistics, more professional. And you took an opportunity today to enhance CoinJabber. Tell us about that. Yeah, I ran into the Shapeshift guys, Shapeshift.io, which is Eric Voorhees' new venture where you can uh, uh, convert cryptocurrencies into Bitcoins uh, without having to create an account. And I integrated their payment button on CoinJabber. So now we can accept uh, multiple cryptocurrencies in addition to Bitcoin for featured promo payments and for the uh, uh, burn factor payments. And in addition to that, I also integrated, uh, actually just integrated earlier today, that same feature for our Bitcoin address shortener, which is uh, bit.co.in. All right. Now, Nima, you've been on the show before, but for our listeners who did not hear that episode, tell everyone what CoinJabber is. CoinJabber is a review platform for cryptocurrency-related businesses or organizations or nonprofits. So if you have a business or a nonprofit that accepts Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies, you can uh, list it on CoinJabber and categorize it by CryptoCoin and category and um, things like that. And uh, you can also promote it to get featured listings. And so you can build traffic from a very relevant uh, cryptocurrency-savvy audience. Okay, Nima, how long has CoinJabber been in existence? We started CoinJabber in uh, August of 2013. So I think when I first talked to you guys, we were about six months old. So I guess now we're about a year and a half. Does it seem sometimes like it's been longer than a year and a half? Um, Yeah, well, there's so much that happens in the Bitcoin space, the crypto space in general that um, it does seem like, um, uh, you know, much more than a year has passed for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. In a way, if you look at all the advancements and stuff, it does seem like um, five years have passed. But then at the same time, um, if if I just uh, think of, you know, the time I spent in Austin in general and stuff, it seems like um, I was here yesterday almost. Yeah. Yeah, Austin's great. This is my first real time of getting to see downtown and getting to see some of Austin. I love it. We were able to uh, go and drink beer together. They were trying to get the um, waitress to accept Bitcoins too, but she was sort of, uh, she was not into it. No, she was definitely not into it. But next year, I'm optimistic that she will have learned about Bitcoin and she'll be ready to accept Bitcoin tips at the very least. So tell me about the future of CoinJabber. What are you and James have planned? CoinJabber, we have a big list of priorities and features that we're working through to make it more um, sort of decentralized and more community driven. Uh, so, for example, one thing we're working on right now is the ability to claim your business um, by proving that you own the site and then giving you the ability to edit it whenever you want to. And we have a decentralized reputation component now. That's actually a pretty new feature. And we also want to sort of expand on that a little bit. It's basically a proof of burn based uh, reputation component that people have started using already. How does that work? You um, burn a couple of Satoshis to um, vouch for the business's reputation in a sense. So um, if you see businesses that have Satoshis burned, you know that somebody was serious about it, either the business owner himself or people who support the business or the organization uh, were willing to put their money where their mouths are actually. So it's it's a, a more, in my opinion, it has um, a lot more power than just a written review because it could be their friend. It, and if it's a negative review, it could be uh, frivolous. So it, I'm not saying that, you know, you should determine one's reputation by how many coins is burned completely. Right. But as a component, I think yes. it, it adds value. It gives you additional information about the business's standing and reputation in the space. So you guys are basically like Yelp for the Bitcoin world. Is that right? Yeah. 
it's like Yelp for the Bitcoin world, but you know, we want to make it more crypto and Bitcoin specific, obviously, than Yelp. That's why we integrate these blockchain based features and we um, moved it into the Namecoin blockchain to a large degree, but it's optional. So that kind of stuff, we definitely want to move as much as possible towards decentralization, for sure. It's the whole philosophy. Well, this is fantastic. So Nima with CoinJabber, please tell our listeners the best way that they can get in touch with you and James uh, to find out more about CoinJabber. Yeah, our website is CoinJabber.com. Our Twitter handle is at CoinJabber. That's C-O-I-N-J-A-B-B-E-R. And um, you can shoot us a tweet or contact us through our website and uh, list your business and promote it and um, generate traffic from cryptocurrency relevant audiences. All right. And your English is perfect, but you are actually German. I am. I was born and raised in Berlin. Oh, wow. Berlin. I would love to go to Berlin. What a great city. What a great Bitcoin city. How would you like to give a Bitcoin message to our German listeners who are numbering in the thousands? Ja, ja ähm, hallo, ich bin Nima von CoinJabber. Wir sind natürlich eine internationale Webseite, also nicht nur amerikanische Businesses, nicht englisch sprechende Businesses, sondern Businesses von überall auf der Welt. Also Produkt euer, oder euren Service anbieten wollt auf CoinJabber, geht zu coinjabber.com und ähm, listet euer Business. Und wie gesagt, ihr könnt mit Bitcoins bezahlen und euer Business äh, auf die Art und Weise äh, promoten. <lacht> Sorry, my, my German is becoming more English. Oh man, it was great. Hey, I know people are going to love that. Hey, Nima, thank you so much for being on Bitcoins and Gravy. Thank you so much for all you guys do for the space. Uh, good luck with everything with Coin Jabber, and I will talk to you soon. Hey, see you next year, man. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure, man. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Bye. I'm talking to Harlan, who is the owner. I'm the owner, I'm the founder uh, of Brave New Books Brave here in Austin, books. Texas. I was the, uh, I was actually the first retail outlet in Austin to accept Bitcoin. I was also, uh, and this has never been challenged, I was the first bookstore in the world to accept Bitcoin. What's going on here tonight? Well, tonight we have a little bit of an after party for the uh, Bitcoin conference that took place in downtown Austin at the Moody Theater, a very nice uh, venue for uh, to host all the up and coming uh, technologists that are working on Bitcoin projects. And then uh, everybody's here just having a good time, eating pizza, drinking beer, talking Bitcoin. So that's what we're doing right now. And we want everybody to have a good time. So, you know, it's on us. Most of the artwork on the walls because it's amazing political artwork. What, who is that? Oh, yeah. Well, that's our friend Mike Crone. Okay. Uh, I don't believe he has a website, but uh, you can Google his work. He's done lots of work for uh, the Texas Observer, okay. which is a, a magazine here in, in Texas. And uh, he's friends with us, and uh, he'd like to put his work up. So we said, yeah, sure, we'll give you a showroom. Michael Crone. Well, we've been here close to nine years, just shy of nine years. 2006, August of 2006 is when we opened our doors. You know, nine years, but it's felt more like 30. You can find us at bravenewbookstore.com. You can also come down to 1904 Guadalupe Street. Uh, give us a call, 512-480-2503. Is our number. Uh, look us up on your search engine of choice and uh, you'll find a Yelp page where we have high reviews. Uh, got a very loyal following here in Austin. Yes, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned. We've got an online store that uh, has been down, but we're relaunching it so you can actually help support the bookstore wherever you are coming soon. Harlan, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate yep. it. Yep. Sweet. All right. Yeah. We're here with three podcast hosts from Let's Talk Bitcoin. I'm John Barrett. I'm John Bush. I'm Rob Mitchell. <laughs> All right. So what are we going to talk about, guys? Bitcoin. <laughs> Let's talk Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah. Bitcoin. Well, it's a great conference so far, right? 
Yes, it's always great to see you. I'm here from Austin, my hometown, so it's always great when a bunch of really cool people, influential people, people I look up to and that I follow come down to, to Austin to, to hang out with all the cool people that are doing great work here. Nice, join myself. Yeah, me too. You flew in from where? Well, from well, LA, and it's both my first Bitcoin conference and my first time in Austin, so it's all right. been pretty neat. It's been a great experience so far. Hotels and walking distance, it's such a beautiful walk here every morning. It's really nice. Yeah, man, it's great being downtown Austin. I hadn't seen it before, and then we're also here at the, um, you know, backstage at the Austin City Limits, which is totally cool, right? Knowing all the famous people that went through here. You know, so that's been kind of fun to see the dressing rooms and, you know, sure. just backstage and all that. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in Austin. And there's a lot of businesses that are accepting Bitcoin, too. So I would venture to guess the merchant adoption rate here in Austin is probably pretty high up there competing with some other places like New York City. And I'm surprised that L.A. didn't really have much adoption. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I, you know, listen to your podcast and you guys, and I, I hadn't even paid attention that some of the places had stopped that were before and it's uh it's 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 quite embarrassing it's, <laughs> when i get out my airbed wallet and try to see you know where i gotta go i gotta like go to san diego to find somebody <laughs> so know. it's yeah, i don't understand it well you want to talk about really embarrassing that's nashville we still just have one restaurant flight uh world dining and wine and it's extremely expensive that's the only place <laughs> so sad you gotta save up for a month to go yeah and i try and i try and i try and nobody wants to adopt it maybe i haven't tried hard enough it takes time. I think people got to be comfortable with it. Because even there's still a lot of discomfort and a little bit of a, uh, user error and a learning curve, even for people that are technologically advanced. So I think more applications are going to come out that will make it seamless. And people will be using Bitcoin. They won't even know that they're using Bitcoin. I agree. So this, I, I don't even have my recorder. You guys have yours. So I don't know who's going to publish this. But I realize I haven't gotten to ask you a few questions, John. Uh, John. I guess I should say John Barris. Oh. <laughs> Me, John, or John, John? <laughs> Which John? John Barris. John B. <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa! Oh, right. Uh, orange physics. Got trick there. <laughs> I've been pulling on your shoe. I really, I just, I, you, you've probably said it on your podcast, but when did you get into Bitcoin first? Oh, uh, like early 2011. I've been a silver bug for years, so, you know, that just led into articles about Bitcoin, and then I tried to get scrambled and tried to get my first Bitcoin. Couldn't find Bitcoin anywhere, couldn't figure anything out. Got cussed out many times on the forums for being, you know, you're a troll. Because I was just asking so many innocent oh, yeah. questions that sounded like I was trying to set somebody up. I was just completely manic. I had to find out more and more and more. I cussed at and get out of here, you troll. This is so not cool. Nice. But then I bought my first Bitcoin on, uh, on eBay. Cool. Yeah, and then uh, bought some cassaceous coins from Mike in Salt Lake City and then uh, found Mount Gox and got in and got out before it crashed. And I could have gotten burned, but I didn't. Sad for all the people that did. How about you, Rob? Uh, it was early 2013, and I got my first, I think it was 0.1 Bitcoin on eBay because I was just kind of trying to learn with not too much too much Bitcoin and then actually got my first uh, bigger amount on Mount Gox. But uh, fortunately, listening to Let's Talk Bitcoin and would hear Andreas always kind of Talking about getting Gox before the ultimate Gox, so uh, I, uh, you know, well before 2014, got got all the coin and dollars out of there. So nice. How about you, John Bush? I was a silver bug and a libertarian anarchist, so Bitcoin kind of came naturally. But my wife and I were going around the city encouraging local businesses to accept silver, and uh, vendors at farmers markets we found to be especially interested. 
And so when, when I heard about Bitcoin, I guess around 2011 or so, uh, really started. Actually, you know, I was just curious about it. It just kind of had heard about it, but I wasn't really looking into it. And then in 2012 at Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, which I think is the same time that Jeffrey Tucker got introduced to Bitcoin, which is great. He's a very valuable asset for the Bitcoin movement and the Liberty community. Uh, that kind of helped me to take it to the next step. And then around this time, Kat was bugging me to start Bitcoin mining on a laptop. And I kept telling her, uh, oh, you know, I, I feel like I want to do some more research before we do all that. And then by the time we actually came around to, to getting in, involved, uh, Bitcoin had already gone up in price and all sorts of stuff. So everyone's saying, you know, I wish I should have. But when my friend said, for people that think they uh, missed the boat, the sales are yet to be set. So it takes a little bit more to get in. But at the same time, I think the prices are really low compared to what they're going to be. I think so, too. And it's funny, when I first wanted to start mining, I talked to people on the forums and everybody said, don't even bother doing it right now. Bitcoin's worth like $2. You only make like a half of one a day. <laughs> I was so discouraged that I never did. And then when I finally decided to get into mining, I got a Litecoin rig, and I had some guy, some tech guy on one of the forums help me put the whole thing together, bought everything from Newegg and all that. And about the time that I'm set up and running, you know, it just it stops making sense, you know. I'm barely making any money. I think the first, like, week... I made some money, and then after that, it was just like not even worth it because the difficulty went up. So that was my mining experience. So hey, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Adam B. Levine behind his back. <laughs> what do you think of that guy? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure what to make of that cat. <laughs> he wakes up at two in the morning every day. Do you guys know that? Does he really? What time does he go to bed? Yeah, what time does he go to bed? Like seven or something. He, he said at it midnight. Once. I was shocked. <laughs> He's an interesting guy. He's, you know, not your average person besides his, you know, obviously he's a, I mean, I love to hear the guy talk. I, oh, yeah. I could just hear him talk. I sometimes prefer that to hearing him interview people. Just to, Sounds like you have some inside information. You're not, you I don't know. Well, you, come on, we want the juicy stuff well, in this guys, podcast. I just, just, well, <laughs> yeah. anyway, I don't know. You guys, you guys are on the Slack uh, little thing for the, uh, oh yeah, Slack. You ever go on there? What is it? Give him invited. It's this. Yeah, kind of been a, a group for everybody, everyone involved, both podcasters and uh, I guess just everyone kind of involved in infrastructure. But um, Slack got hacked. Slack, I, I got that email. I'm like, I just oh. got that email today. So you got I did get an invite, and Adam referenced that once, but I never checked it out. I always have trouble balancing all these different venues for communication. You know, I'm yeah, still yeah. wishing everyone. Let's all just use Facebook because it's okay. the easiest, but it's centralized and CIA and all that good stuff. But We're no, I haven't. I haven't logged on. You know, I think he kind of camped up there in his place in Napa and doesn't doesn't venture out. But you know, I'm just speaking off the cuff, and so yeah, it yeah. might not be accurate. So let's uh -oh. not make that's going to start a rumor, man. Cut his podcast. Let's really talk to him off these mics. No, but Mike. I mean, obviously, you guys. I think. Well, I mean, John Bush. You were podcasting before you got involved with Let's Talk Bitcoin, right? I mean, you... Yes, I've been doing uh, radio or podcasting in one form or another since late 2007. Now, John, I don't even know. Were you doing any podcasting before Let's Talk Bitcoin Network? No, no. It's the first uh, first podcast ever. I'm actually thinking about doing another non-Bitcoin podcast in Nashville, but that's uh, that's just like a dream right now. Well, I feel like you guys, you know, I, feel, I still feel like I'm a listener, you know, and you guys seem like the real podcasters to me, but... Where was I going with that? <laughs> you were born with the radio voice, Mr. Barrett. Well, no, it's it's uh, it's something that I've cultivated. <laughs> so where's the real voice? Is this not the authentic voice? Okay, so if you come from Indiana, then your voice normally sounds like this. 
So, uh, so how are you guys doing today? <laughs> so if I hadn't cultivated my voice, this is basically an Indiana voice. It's kind of how it sounds. Okay, that's yeah. how you used to sound. That's how I used to sound before I cultivated this okay. voice. <laughs> a deep, little southern. I like it. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, I do remember where I was going, that it was amazing that someone like me with no podcasting experience and just a general guy could start a podcast and thanks to Let's Talk Bitcoin and Adam's network and yeah. Yeah, feed. I can't believe how many listeners I have. It's it's ridiculous. It's no, great. So I've got nothing except for thanks and uh, you know letting me kind of hone a skill that I've had no experience in. It's, yeah. it's just amazing. It's, yeah, we do owe a lot to Adam. I mean, not just us, but the you know the Bitcoin community. Yeah, I'm really impressed with Adam. I think he's very thorough. Uh, sometimes to the point of things are somewhat difficult, but I think it's that thoroughness and that attention to detail that's allowed uh, the growth and the network behind and the community behind Let's Talk Bitcoin. And then just the work that he's done with LTB Coin has really blown my mind how he created this token. And a lot of people talk about tokens and altcoins and they have this use and that use, but uh, many of them don't take off or many of them, the value that they have is just based on people trading and trading alone. But I think the cool thing about LTB Coin is it started off as an asset that did have zero value and he just issued it to people. And now, all of a sudden, the value's been down lately. It's like 55 Satoshis or 60 Satoshis. To be honest, I think I had a little something to do with the value oh. going down because I've been offloading some of the LTV coin. Where? Uh -oh. Where have you been? Polynex. Uh-oh. There goes my listenership. I, I, I think I actually was responsible for a good chunk of it going down. Well, you know down. what? You've earned it. It's yours to do with as That's you right. will. And there's liquidity, too. So there's all sorts of coins, but there's not yeah. liquidity. And the liquidity's growing and growing. That's right. And I've been able to use some of the LTV coin to pay bills, you know? So yeah. here I am uh, doing this service, producing this content that people find to be valuable, that uh, the infrastructure that uh, Adam set up finds to be valuable, and now I'm able to take that value and convert it to Bitcoin. We pay a lot of our bills in Bitcoin, which is cool. Our office nice. rent uh, is all in Bitcoin, which is great. Nice. So I think it's just phenomenal how he took this asset that had zero value, now it has value because people find value in it, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool that I was able to use it to, you know, get through uh, some tough economic times based on getting paid to do these podcasts. It's yeah, cool. I used it before. I, I sold some before Christmas and uh, used it for just what I needed, you know. Well, I'll tell you, be active because I had, uh, I don't know if you guys know David Allen. He's active behind the scenes with Let's Talk Bitcoin. And he actually just came to me. And I, I, I guess I can say this. He was like, hey, man, I, I need some LTV coin. Can I buy a Bitcoin's worth from you? So I wasn't looking to do this. But uh, I don't know. You maybe you need to get on Slack because uh, you can get offload some of your LTV coin for Bitcoin without affecting the uh, value of our, of our LTV coin, maybe. Oh, nice. Nice. And I've been paying some people to help with the show a little teeny bit. Um, in LTB coin, which is totally cool. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm really saving mine, man. I'm going to be an LTB coin millionaire. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> I hope hopefully I'll generate some more in the, in the meantime. I actually paid somebody to do some programming on a Bitcoin ATM that we have at Brave New Books with LTB coin. Very he cool. was totally excited to take it everything. Very yeah. nice, man. Yeah, because you never know where it can go, right? Definitely. And uh, again, coming from a listener perspective, Getting the amounts of LTB coin as a content creator versus you know the amounts you kind of get as a uh, I don't, don't want to be talking <laughs> negatively about it, but yeah, it's a, orders of magnitude. I mean, I used to always look at some of the top LTB holders. You know, and see millions. I couldn't imagine ever having millions of LTB coin, and now I feel like a, a real LTB coin millionaire. 
Yeah, privileged. The privileged. The privileged. The privileged. Well, <laughs> everybody, you know, I'll, I'll, Adam's pretty open. If you just put the work in and send them, a, you know, before I did my first episode, I did another trial episode that he didn't, I don't think he thought quite cut it, and I had to agree with him. But, uh, you know, I think people just don't realize if just, you got to just do it. And he'll, yeah. if, if you do a decent job, which I think he can do because it's such an interesting subject, Yeah. you know, anybody can be doing what we're doing. Absolutely, yeah. John Bush, I love your show. Yours is probably my favorite show. Thank um, you. I like it better than Adam's. I like it better than Rob's. I like it better than mine. Um, and I like your strength, like when you got up and spoke earlier today. Um, your conviction about how many things are wrong in this country and your willingness to just throw it out there and to say things that people are thinking. A lot of people are thinking but are afraid to say. I have a lot of respect for that. Thanks. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I appreciate respect. that. Well, yeah, and some of my favorite shows are um, Adam, Stephanie, and Andreas, obviously. You know. Fun to have someone really smart to dissect what their guests are saying. And Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And Stephanie, she's pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have just left it at that. Obviously, she's extremely intelligent. Uh-huh. She's more intelligent than I am. That's awesome a, voice, too. Awesome voice, great voiceover stuff, but she sure is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I like her curly hair. Oh, man, she's beautiful. Yeah. I saw, rare, bikini, kind of I saw a bikini in a hot tub one oh, time. This is a good opportunity for a Watch My Bit plug. WatchMyBit.com. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason I, mean, I was drawn there. I got it. <laughs> Stephanie in a bikini? <laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to get any flack for talking about Stephanie in a the bikini. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe from the feminists. From the feminists. Feminists, I already said that she's really intelligent, articulate, and talented. Which is the most valuable asset. Which is the most valuable asset, but she sure is pretty. <laughs> oh, boy, John. Uh, He's got a crush here. <laughs> I don't have a crush. I do not have a crush on her. <laughs> he's, he's winking at us. But in all honesty, I mean, you guys come from a different background than I do, but uh, Stephanie was the first person I ever heard from who was a self-identified anarchist, and I was like, wait, yeah. what? I, don't, I guess I don't know what an anarchist is. And so yeah. I think, uh, you know, the show and Stephanie's, you know, obviously a little different viewpoints than Adam and Andreas. Yeah. You know, it really, you know, opened my my eyes to start learning about, you know, some of the coercion that I never really had even thought about. And sure. uh, I, I never knew anarchists were often against the wars and stuff, you know. Just yeah. people more from a liberal background, such as myself, uh, you know, can learn a lot from people like Stephanie and Absolutely. yourself, John. Yeah, well, we're brainwashed. To, you know, we grow up thinking anarchist means you put on some kind of a mask and throw something through a window. We're trained to believe that. Yeah, yeah. Molotov cocktails. We don't really know. Your average person has no idea what an anarchist really is. We're really a peaceful bunch. Yeah, absolutely. Just want to be left alone. Absolutely. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fellas, <laughs> I'm honored to be on Thanks your show. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> right, thank Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. We'll get All back right. to the conference. All right. Now we'll, now we'll go our separate ways. All right, guys. Never see each other again. Well, we, I, I hope not. Until hope the next conference. Time. Yeah. Until the next conference, All right. guys. Next conference. All right. All right. Good to meet you. You too. Love you guys. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain. Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain. 
everybody knows, everybody knows till everybody knows your name. Down the road it will be told about the death of old Mount Gox, about traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks. But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee, see they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free. Our Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain. Our Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh, Lord, before I have to go Oh, Lord, pass me some more Listeners, today on the show, we have Paul Snow, the man who made it possible, the Texas Bitcoin Conference. Paul, how's it going? It's going pretty good, John. Having a very relaxing Easter after a hectic uh, weekend with the Texas Bitcoin Conference. Yeah, have you guys gotten some sleep? Uh, No, because in the middle of all this, we're also launching the uh, crowd sale for the software for Factum. Oh, that's right. (laughs) So it's been kind of crazy both with uh, the Bitcoin business that I'm involved in, as well as the conference. I know you guys worked so hard to put the conference together, and I know afterwards now, even though you do have things to do with Factum, I'm sure it is somewhat of a relief to have the conference passed you. No doubt that it's a relief to have it passed us. And uh, of course, the conference doesn't end with the conference when you run these things, because you have to turn around and do all the follow-up to make sure that everybody had the experience that they wanted, that we're making sure the sponsors are getting the long tail of the conference, Mm -hmm. the recognition with programs like this one and talking about what's going on because we'll be having the conference again next year Mm -hmm. in 2016 in Austin, Texas, and we've got to lay the groundwork almost immediately. It really is a fascinating thing to get into this business. I'm an engineer by trade. I, I'm not <laughs> by nature a conference organizer. You're not a conference organizer by trade. <laughs> no, 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 by training anyway or experience. In fact, what was really funny 
is there really is a book called Conferences for Dummies. <laughs> and last year, we made the mistake of buying it, you know, like a week before the conference, and we're like, all it did was tell us everything we did wrong. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. Conferences for Dummies, that's hilarious. Yes. So the conference was amazing, man. So many wonderful speakers, so many wonderful people, so many great connections I made as far as new friends and then just as far as business contacts in the Bitcoin world. So being back from the conference... I just feel, uh, I feel lonely. (laughs) (laughs) And and I believe the kickoff at uh, Maria's Taqueria was uh, so much fun. It had the right level of music at at the same time, the right level of um, noise suppression, if you pick your location right, so that you could actually talk to people. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was a great opportunity to meet people for the first time. In fact, I was dragging people around. I was like, you know, this guy, this is who he does, and this is oh, that guy, and he's, this, he does. And it was just so much fun. I saw you doing that, and you know what? I only have one regret is that I wasn't interviewing people as I arrived there at Maria's Taco Express. I don't even know what I was right. thinking, but uh, next year I'll definitely do that. So we said this was going to be a short, just post conference interview. If you have time, can you tell our listeners about Factum and what's going on right now? Factum is a system for extending the blockchain for general purpose data. It adds a verification and validation layer for Bitcoin. See, Bitcoin with its blockchain is the most secure recorded history, recorded ledger, distributed ledger that mankind has ever seen. Mm -hmm. If you put data into Bitcoin at a point in time and it's logged in the ledger, it is cryptographically sealed in such a way that even world powers would not be able to modify that data or change it or delete it or backdate something in front of it. Mm -hmm. So it's this opportunity Bitcoin presents, this opportunity to not just secure money or Bitcoins, it offers the opportunity to secure all kinds of information so that you can prove not only that something happened, but also that a chain of events happened, you know, that you've documented those events as you go along. Mm-hmm. And Factum is the distributed autonomous protocol that we're building on top of the Bitcoin blockchain that allows users to create their own chains of information, not just trades of coins. Uh, and one of the things we say is not every problem in this world is a trading of an asset or a coin problem. A lot of things are a documentation problem. So Factum provides that way to essentially add documentation and secure it using the Bitcoin blockchain. I see. So you could take a document and you could hash it, if that's mm-hmm. the way to put it, and you could put it right on the blockchain. Is that right? Yeah, you can secure it with the blockchain. Factum has a separate data layer so that all the data that you're placing in Factum doesn't get in the way of people that are using Bitcoin for Bitcoin. So Bitcoin for Bitcoin and Factum for everything else. I see. Wow, that's fantastic. What's the currency called? Factoids? Yeah, there's a factoid. We basically create a token that we use to incentivize the servers so that all this data is created and maintained and managed, you know, basically runs the protocol. Just like there are miners that mine Bitcoin and Without the miners, we wouldn't have a system. Mm -hmm. And without the people running the full nodes, we wouldn't have a system. Bitcoin provides that incentive. Factoids provide that incentive in the factum layer. And how we're funding, we're essentially trying to build an endowment that would allow the funding of continued development and support of factum in the coming years. And so we're doing a what we call a software sale of those factoids 
that started on March 31st and it ends on May 15th. Okay, and how much are factoids going for right now? Well, the first week they are sold for 2,000 factoids for a Bitcoin. So you get 100 less factoids per Bitcoin each week until the end. And the last week you get 1,500 factoids for a Bitcoin. I see. Nice. Well, you know, I got home and I looked at my calendar and there it was, March 31st, buy factoids. And so I went and I spent a half a Bitcoin and I now own 1,000 factoids. Congratulations. Thank you, man. (laughs) I I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I I go, okay, okay, I need to buy at least some factoids. So I bought a Bitcoin's worth of factoids on the first day. Nice. You know, kind of to see what the experience was like. Of course, I have a lot invested in factum, so probably not necessary for me to buy factoids right now. But I did want to have the experience, and so I went and bought 2,000 factoids. It was it was kind of fun. Nice. Yeah, it was fun, actually. Well, okay, that's fantastic. So people can buy Factoids right now by going to factum.org right now? Right, because this endowment will go into a nonprofit, and the nonprofit will be run in a very, very transparent fashion. Mm-hmm. Everything we're doing is transparent. All of our code is up on GitHub. You can go up into GitHub and look at the issues that we're working against, look at the code that we're producing, and all of that. The crowd sales being done by Coinify, that's K-O-I-N-I-F-Y. Coinify holds the proceeds from the sale until we as developers, uh, the Factum people, make the protocol available and fully functional. Mm-hmm. And there are experts in the space that are not part of Factum that will be evaluating whether we've made that milestone. And at that point, they'll release 30% of the factoids. We have a couple of other milestones over the next six months. The last one is the fully distributed autonomous protocol running, you know, completely out of our control. And at that point, we would get the last third of the crowd sale. So this is not a situation where if you buy into this, we can just take your money and run. We actually have to deliver a product for us to get anything. And it's that kind of oversight along with all the other transparency Uh, I can't go through everything we're doing to be transparent, but all the other ways that we're being transparent so that people can understand what we're doing, why we're doing it. And I would always emphasize, too, never invest more than you can lose because this is a startup. No one's ever really launched a protocol on top of Bitcoin in this particular way. Mm -hmm. And uh, so everything is experimental. Well, you know, I think that what people really appreciate is the transparency, the high level of transparency. I think in the future, projects like what you're doing are setting a high standard or setting the bar pretty high. I think in the future, we're going to see those platforms, those projects that are transparent are going to be the ones that rise up. Those that aren't transparent are going to be the ones that fall by the wayside. And that's what I'm looking forward to. So we really appreciate that high level of transparency. Yeah. And I will also point out that this is a level of transparency that is not found in the traditional way of setting up businesses. The traditional way of setting up businesses is private strategies and private plans and private investment and private uh, execution. And at the last minute, you're told, oh, well, this is the product we've produced. Um, It's a completely different model to go this fully transparent, open source fashion. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I've been around a while. I'm 55. I really, really enjoy being in a transparent project where at every step we're asking, you know, is this the right thing? Is this good for the community? Will this sustain the project? 
we do have about 30% of the crowd sale. The crowd sale will be 50% of the tokens initially issued. 30% of the tokens will go to the initial contributors for fact. Those initial contributors include myself and a bunch of other people. Nearly about, I would guess we're like at 40, 45 people mm -hmm. that will all be taking a little bit of that initial contributor section. So the idea is not to have two or three or five people that have, you know, some sort of um, monopoly, monopoly <laughs> of everything, but to have an initial distribution that's spread across a lot of people. Because we believe the value of the protocol is in making it accessible to everyone and getting as many people involved as possible because it is the networking effect that's going to make this protocol powerful. Absolutely. Well, hey, that's great stuff, Paul. And listen, how about some final words about the Texas Bitcoin conference that just ended last weekend? Oh, it was actually such an amazing event. I really, really, really enjoyed the fireside chat with uh, George Gilder. George Gilder was a monumental technological thinker all the way through the Reagan eras, all the way, all the way up to present, and he did publish a monologue of monetary theory mm -hmm. in the proceedings of the Texas Bitcoin Conference, and that proceedings is available in hard copy. If anybody really wants one, they can uh, email me at paul at factum org, and we can uh, send them a copy. And we are going to be publishing those online so that you can see the proceedings and see the article and see the presentation of it at the conference to link them together. And the, the idea is that a lot of people want to see a presentation and get a, a high-level feel of the ideas and concepts uh, embodied in the paper. Mm -hmm. Some people want the nitty-gritty details so they can go and actually do something with it. And right. so you have both, um, both needs uh, satisfied in one location. Nice. And you're also going to have, I assume, lots of videos up on YouTube? All the presentations will be going up on YouTube. The production is taking a little longer. Last year, we were able to turn them around in 24 to 48 hours. Audio and video for the conference is taking a little bit longer. We're taking a little bit more care. We want a much more professional lead-in with the conference to get the fact that this presentation came from the conference. And at the end, we wanted to do a better job of giving credit to our sponsors for making this all possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a nice trailer at the end. And so getting all of that, getting the names of the speakers and getting everything professionally done is just taking a little longer than normal. Man, it just gets better and better every year, Paul. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm serious, man. This oh, was great. and the hackathon, too. Right there at the very end, uh, oh, yeah. uh, we had some really, really great projects. The AI on the blockchain, which won the hackathon, you know, maybe that is the longest uh, Hail Mary pass of a project in a hackathon uh, to win, but I am really excited to see what they can do with this. It will be on video, and all the documentation for the hackathon is getting up uh, as quickly as possible so people can see all the results. Yeah, I think it's Nereal, N-E-U-R-E-A-L. That's exactly right. Anyway, I'm very excited about all of these winners, and we'll see what they'll do this year. Last year, we had Lazoos, which is a ride-sharing program like uh, Uber on the blockchain, mm -hmm. and Storage, S-T-O-R-J. Yeah. 
both of those came out of the Texas Bitcoin conference and have become actual real projects. And that's what we want, more real projects that will penetrate the market blockchain technology used every day by everyday people. Absolutely. And on the following show, not this week, but next week, I interview Sean Wilkinson, the founder and lead developer of Storage. So that's going to be a good uh, interview and also another look at the Texas Bitcoin Conference hackathon from last year and from this year. I had the privilege of uh, pushing him into the pool twice at the uh, Dominican Republic. Sean is a great guy. He's got more energy than anybody I know. He is happier than anybody I know. And maybe all that drives his productivity, but I'm really excited for what storage is doing and what Sean's doing. Oh yeah, it's great stuff. All right, Paul Snow, thank you so much for being on Bitcoins and Gravy. And thank you and your wife, Linda, so much for a wonderful conference there in Texas. I look forward to the Texas Bitcoin conference next year. And thank you, John, for playing Ode to Satoshi to close out the Texas Bitcoin Conference, both in real at the wrong pitch, as well as via YouTube when we when it all shut down. It was great to have that as the closing number. Thank you. Thank you, man. It was my great pleasure. And I was very honored that you played that at the end. Thank you so much. Really, John, you are one of the top tier people that I met at the conference, or at least got to know better at this conference. And uh, Ode to Satoshi is great, and uh, you can't stop there. (laughs) You said you were writing a song, that this was actually a bluegrass song that you've been writing for years. Um, What was the name of it again? The melody for Ode to Satoshi comes from my earlier song called Corn Pone. Corn Pone, that's right. Corn Pone. Okay. On my website, you can find another song called Low Down Bitcoin Blues, but uh, it's got some cute little verses in there. And then uh, I have the Bitcoin Trader coming out, which is a fast-paced Western swing. And then I have a reggae song coming out called Cryptocurrency. So I do have those other two coming out. So you can check out on my website right now, bitcoinsandgravy.com. Look under songs and you'll be able to find uh, the Bitcoin Blues, which is my second song to come out. So. I'm going to have to go to your site like right now. I, I, love, <laughs> I love your stuff. And thanks for doing this. Thanks, man. I think it's a great contribution to the community. Well, thank you so much, man. And I hope that uh, I can in the future contribute more i would love to get a band together called satoshi and play bitcoin songs and just good old rock and roll and jazz and blues and stuff like that i'd love to be a part of your conference in the future i want to try to emphasize bitcoin in the music industry and i actually to be really serious i'm really not kidding i think something like that might bring some awareness of music and bitcoin applications uh, just to like turn the heads and then they go wow maybe there is something to this and we need to cultivate this music angle in Bitcoin. Because wouldn't it be cool if we could have an event or a conference where you had a strong music and music applications for cryptocurrency? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's how you reach the culture. I agree. So let me keep you in the loop on all of that, if you don't mind. Please do. Because you're more music than anybody else I talk to on a regular basis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please do, man. I'm excited. All right, we'll do that. Thanks a million. And tell Linda I said, hey. I absolutely will. She really enjoyed meeting you. Likewise, man. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. A special thanks to Nima and James, to Mr. Bennett and Mr. Vape. A special thanks to Christian for his support and generosity, Carrie and Scott for their most 
excellent humor and wit. I'm still laughing, guys. <laughs> Jake for the lift and ergonomic advice. Dale Malone and family for the stellar accommodations. Doug S. for his advice about how to meet women. Thanks, man. <laughs> Paul Poy for the great trip down that unforgettable Bay Area memory lane. And to my fellow Let's Talk Bitcoin podcasters, John Bush and Rob Mitchell. It was fantastic being there at the conference with you guys and having an opportunity to interview you guys. I know you guys also got some great interviews. So listeners, make sure to check out their shows too over the next coming weeks for some great content directly from the Texas Bitcoin conference. And last but not least, a special thanks to Zach. Zach, thanks for the ride, man, and thanks for sharing with me your story. I'm sure that these words of Polonius will resonate with you. This above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow, as the night the day, thou canst not then be false to any man. You're a good man, Zach. Go for the gold, brother. And a few announcements. I am looking for a brain wallet expert to interview. That's right, folks. Writer Max Hernandez has come up once again with some amazing new short fiction. And the subject this time is brain wallets. In conjunction with reading Max's recent works on the show, I would like to interview a brain wallet expert. Someone who can tell us all about brain wallets, when and why to use them, the benefits of using them, and the potential dangers. If you are a brain wallet expert, email me now at howdy at bitcoinsandgravy.com. That's howdy as in howdy at bitcoinsandgravy.com. And the second announcement today is this. I am now ready to hire someone to be my social media guru. Being my social media guru is an opportunity for you to be a part of the Bitcoins and Gravy podcast team while earning LTB coin. But that's not all. By being the Bitcoins and Gravy social media guru, you can also earn Bitcoin tips. Yowza! And the final announcement today, if you've enjoyed the show, please take a minute to scan my QR code or copy my public key and send me 50 cents in Bitcoin. If you do this every once in a while, it will genuinely make my day. It's not easy being a podcast host and putting in 10 hours each week to produce the show sometimes takes its toll. Remember that giving someone a small tip in Bitcoin is what makes us Bitcoin folks stand out in this world. I know personally that whenever I tip someone on Reddit or on Let's Talk Bitcoin, I feel better about myself knowing that I've given back just a little to help that person continue creating. guests on today's show who are far too numerous to name. Thanks again to Paul and Linda Snow for putting together a truly memorable conference. It would be impossible for anyone to know the true depth and breadth of the connections and friendships that were made this past weekend at the Texas Bitcoin Conference. Adios, Austin, Texas. Until next year.
And great news, listeners, our transcription page is now live on the website thanks to the continuing hard work of one of our loyal listeners who is also a consultant to the show. All new show transcripts will be rolled out approximately one week following the release of each podcast. We are also working on eventually going back and transcribing all of the archived episodes, starting with episode 51, and working our way back until we hit the very first episode, episode number one, numero uno of Bitcoins and Gravy. Our ultimate goal is to have every single episode of Bitcoins and Gravy transcribed and available to you, the listener, for free. These professional transcriptions are provided each week by one of our fans who can be found at diaryofafreelancetranscriptionist.com. And of course, you can find a link to this website in the weekly show notes. I know that it may sound absurd, but I have for you a magic word. And today the magic word is success. S-U-C-C-E-S-S. As in the sentence, The second annual Texas Bitcoin Conference was a huge success this year, and I can't wait till next year. I know I'm not the only one in the Bitcoin world who was re-energized by this conference. Let's go, Bitcoin people. (laughs) Here at the dawn of the age of cryptocurrency, we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. Wandering by lone sea breakers and sitting by desolate streams, world losers and world forsakers on whom the pale moon gleams, yet we are the movers and shakers of the world forever, it seems. And don't forget to say howdy on your very favorite Bitcoins and Gravy social media platform, whatever that may be. And remember, if you're a social media guru, contact me right now at howdy at bitcoinsandgravy.com. That's howdy, H-O-W-D-Y, at bitcoinsandgravy.com. Signing off now from East Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, John Barrett, with my trusty Siberian husky, Maxwell, by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. Y'all be good to each other out there, and remember, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing.